This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the G Podcast. It is episode 81. And as we tape, I got to just <laughs> bow to the altar of Demita Joe. Today, it is happy Demita Joe Day. Everybody, raise your hands. Janet Jackson is 55, y'all. Look, Penny. 55. <laughs> oh my God. Can you believe Janet Jackson's 55? She don't look 55. Still doesn't look mm-hmm. 55 to me. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And uh, also, I'm going to give another applause to everybody. Because Anthony Fauci has allowed you to take your mask off if you are vaxxed. So I know y'all are happy about that. Also to the mamas and daddies and the graduates, welcome to the jungle if you graduated. (laughs) I promise you, you will soon regret it. (laughs) You you will discover (laughs) that college life... (laughs) Responsibility, the student loan moratorium will not last. Come on out. Come on to the jungle. And I I have to say, and I'm going to bring him up in just a minute to talk to him, but I know he's there. Our good friend and newsman, we call him Syracuse Mike, but he is Mike Roberts, is is in the building. Uh, I'm I'm excited because it's been a while since I've had him on. So we'll talk to him in just a few. But first, I do have to do this introduction. This is the G Podcast. Each week we do news politics, that pop culture, piping out tea from Tanya B and a whole lot more. The panel is in the building. Not sure if my, my brother from another mother is going to show up, the country commentator repping Columbus and Forsyth, but but still he sent me his inspiration. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, Wyo right. is out. She's a little under the weather, but she will be back. But my uh, my brother with the, um, he's a musician, songwriter, producer, the show's music director out of the mighty, mighty O-H-I-O, Dayton, Ohio. Got to give it up for K-Dub in the building. K-Dub. <laughs> K- glad to be here. K W, you remember Mike, right? You remember? Oh, yeah. Wait till he get on. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, our digital entertainment guru hooking us up with hot tea every week, streaming uh, the new bird. I love the Birdwire show, by the way. It, it, it really Thank is. Thank you. It, it's it, it, it's got a lot of nice surprises. Friday nights, ten p.m. Castropolis.net. The one and only Tanya B. Say what now? I am not cooking today. Oh, not cooking today, but we'll be back. No cooking today. I know Howard, sorry. Not <laughs> sorry, cooking. sorry, Howard. We'll get to it. And and also, you know, I, I mentioned Mike Roberts, Mike Syracuse Roberts. But Mike, I know you're there, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you? Doing great, doing great. And, and you know, I know he hates long introductions. <laughs> you, can make you, know, he, short, you can tell you, legendary and leave it at that no but you you, you can tell when you used to work for somebody Sorry. who used to be in the like a, a, a program director i mean he was like they want to air check your show every month <laughs> but but let me say in all serious i wouldn't be doing this without mike and, and that that's on a serious tip um my real career started with him at v 103 and atl uh, I produced mornings uh, for him for eight, from 89 to 94. Legendary oh. broadcaster. Not only is he the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame inductee, but he's also in the Syracuse University Radio Hall of Fame. 
Um, he ruled, and he won't admit it because he's a humble guy, but he ruled Atlanta radio for me. How many years, man? Yes. How many years? Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Um, I got uh, K. Wait a minute. Let me say this, Mike. I got K Dub on the line. K Dub will tell the truth because uh-huh. he knows yeah. what's up. He well, knows. Uh, 12 years on V103. Yeah, 12 on V. And, you know, if you're in D.C., you had Donnie Simpson. In Dallas, you had Tom Joyner. Detroit, you had Mojo. You had what the guys, um, I forgot the guys in Philly. Um, the two guys. Carter who, and Sanborn. Yeah, Carter and Sanborn. Joe Butterball, Tamboro, too. Yeah, you had all those yep, guys yep, doing yep, mornings. Yep. And in Atlanta, we had Mike Roberts. We had Mike. Yep. Um, we had the Mike and Carol Morning Show. So I give it up for Mike, man. Big time. Thank you. Thank you. Two guys. Two guys. And I know I he's. I want to add one. I know. Well, let me say thing. this before you go on, Tanya okay. B. He's right. hating this. He hates this. He hates when people give him give him kudos. So I'm getting him back for talking talking about my intros are too long. So he, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna get you back because I'm gonna make this even longer. How about that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but he I'll also real quick. I'm, I'm gonna throw it to you, Tanya B. But he's the owner of Roberts Communications Inc. in Macon, Georgia. Y'all, if you're in the Macon area. Spend money with this man. He is the last Black-owned broadcaster doing his thing in a major way. It's a beautiful radio station, great-sounding radio station, best-sounding radio station in the state, one of the smartest and astute guys I know. And, I, and I don't, I'm not just, just uh, saying that, just throwing out accolades, because I don't, as you know, as you all know that, if you listen to this podcast. But, you know, I, one of the other things, and, and I want to mention this, I also credit Mike because Mike really ushered in hip hop rap into Atlanta radio because he was one of the first guys to come into the market and start programming to that market. When he took over his PD, uh, allowed the fresh party, uh, which if you're in the ATL, you know about the fresh party to thrive. So I'm going to give it up to you again, Mike. with you it was actually wigo yes uh where we decided the only way we could compete against b103 was to be younger yep and uh that that's what we did uh again that's back of course when um aok was on the uh was doing r&d as well and so y'all don't you hear mike and you hear you know how articulate and how he delivers that news you know in the yeah. edward edward r murrow style you know, you know, he's delivering it. But but I remember I go into the club and I'd look over and I see this guy with glasses sitting down <laughs> near the DJ at the, the Phoenix Dance Club. Talk about talk about a fish out of water. That's what I'm saying. The Phoenix Dance Club taking notes. He'd be taking notes on the music. So so, man, hey, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on, Mike. Tanya B, you had a go ahead. I know you had something. No, my thing is just, you know, when you when you're um, coming up in the industry, there are people, like you said, you can be in any market USA, but when you hear about, you know, this guy owns this market or this person is, you know, the guy, the go-to guy, you don't go into this market without, you know, going through this guy or at least, you know, going by and shaking hands. And again, I remember when I was starting out, because I was in market 164, nobody came to shake my hand. But I made sure when I went to these conferences, when they had the TV you know, the panels and the webs, webinar, no webinar, not right. Seminars and <laughs> workshops. You saw people like a Mike Roberts that were on that panel. And I just say, you, know, you never know how you touch somebody's life because you always see hundreds of faces and a sea of faces in the room. But I always say, if one person walks away with one thing that they didn't know when they walked in their room, then you've done your job. And sir, you don't know me from boo-boo to fool, 
but I know who you are and I have known for years. <laughs> there you go. You all are really, 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 really being way too kind. Yeah, I we, mean, I, I, I am glad I am humbled and I truly, truly appreciate all the kind words. But you know, we got to pour it on, brother. We don't get you on that much. K-Dot, you, you say wait till he gets on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike is one of the most powerful dudes I've ever been around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, like when I told you Thomas V103, me interning and working at that call out station was one of the best things in my career, and mm-hmm. even though I'm a musician, but Mike, this is key. Uh-huh. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. You're the reason I was there interning and working at the call out. Steven's my cousin, and I'll leave it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, Steven Jefferson. Wow, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> so you, you, were the, you were the one that got me on when I got to Atlanta. Big cuz was like, man, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I had a ball. I learned a lot. Thank yep. you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, so let's let's do this, Mike, because um, I invited Mike on because he's got some incredible insight. He spent some a lot of quality time in the city. Want to get his sight, insight on some things that are happening in the city. So so, Mike, if you don't mind, we do this every week. We actually play your news clips, which we are happy to receive. Let me let me give it up for you. For for giving us your news clips from from Magic 100, which is your radio station, every week is our recap. We appreciate you. And again, y'all go to and you doing it. You 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 do an incredible job, by the way, of editing that down because I send you multiple newscasts and you get it down, you know, under two minutes. It sounds like to me. So I mean, uh, very I mean, just accolades to you for that. They don't appreciate me. Uh, they don't appreciate me on this show, Mike. They don't appreciate me. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Excuse oh, me? Oh, man. <laughs> man, you awesome, dude. That's why I got something to do. I'm now what now? No, I'm just joking. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. But let's go mm-hmm. ahead. We'll, we'll do we'll do the news, and then right out, out of news, we'll come back to you, Mike, okay? News team, assemble! It's time for the Week in News with Syracuse Mike. An Atlanta area-based pipeline operator had to shut down one of the largest pipelines in the country due to a ransomware attack. Colonial Pipeline says they are taking steps to understand and resolve the issue. It delivers roughly 45% of fuel consumed on the East Coast, according to the company. Authorities say a ransomware gang known as Darkside is behind the attack. At first, energy experts said there was no reason for gas prices to go up, but... They are. And AAA says it will likely continue after an Atlanta-area-based pipeline operator had to shut down one of the largest pipelines in the country due to a ransomware attack by cyber criminals. Colonial Pipeline delivers roughly 45% of fuel consumed on the East Coast. President Biden was asked, is Russia involved? So far, there is no evidence based on from our intelligence people that Russia is involved although there's evidence that the actor's ransomware is in Russia. Colonial expects to be back online by the end of the week. Gas prices have risen nearly six cents per gallon in the past two weeks. The FDA has authorized Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for children between the ages of 12 and 15, telling parents they went through an extensive clinical trial involving 2,000 kids. Side effects are generally consistent with those seen in adults. The Fulton County District Attorney has issued notice that she intends to seek hate crime charges and the death penalty against Robert Long. Long is the man accused of killing eight people, six of them women of Asian descent, in shootings at three Atlanta-area massage parlors. He was indicted Tuesday. 
Three men indicted on federal hate crimes in the death of Ahmaud Aubrey appeared in U.S. Magistrate Court Tuesday. Gregory and Travis McMichael and William Roddy Bryant pleaded not guilty. The Colonial Pipeline Company has restarted operations, but they say it will take several days for the product delivery supply chain to return to normal. Colonial Pipeline shut down this past Saturday following a ransomware attack. Purvis Staples, co-founder of the Staples Singers, has passed away. He was 85. Another milestone Thursday in the fight against COVID-19. We learned that fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear a mask, according to new guidance from the CDC. President Biden addressed the nation shortly after the good news. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore... If you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. That's inside or outside. The guidance still recommends wearing a mask in crowded indoor settings, including hospitals. The federal mask requirement on public transportation remains in force for everyone, vaccinated or not, including on buses, trains, airplanes, and in stations and airports. Some businesses and places like churches may still require masks. In the Middle East, a military buildup by Israeli ground forces on the border with Gaza in preparation for a potential invasion. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. We are working hard to encourage all sides to stand down, uh, to de-escalate, to return to calm. At least eight Israelis and over 100 Palestinians have been killed this week. Revisionist history by Republicans. AURN's Ebony McMorris reports. Andrew Clyde, the Republican congressman from Georgia, says there was no insurrection on January 6th and that the Capitol riot was actually more like a normal tourist visit. During a hearing of the House Oversight Committee, he said there were some rioters, but to call it an insurrection was a bold-faced lie. And the Trump supporters behaved in an orderly fashion. This going against the footage that has gone viral from that day's incident that left five people dead and injured more than 100 officers. Now, during that hearing, lawmakers criticized law enforcement for a delay in deploying the D.C. National Guard. For AURN News, I'm Ebony McMorris. Former Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller called the criticism of the D.C. Guard unfounded. Hey, Mike. Hey, I appreciate you being on, man. I really do. And, and I'm going to sure. I'm going to jump to that question. You know, what's your take on Republican this revisionist history movement, especially I, I call these Georgia guys the uh, legislators of the corn because um, it, it's it's sci- <laughs> it, it's sci fi. You know, you talk Jody Heiss and Andrew Clyde. What's your take on this? Republicans have learned a very bad lesson from Donald Trump, and that is that if you tell a lie uh, enough, there are people who will believe it. And that's the problem. They uh, they have convinced themselves that if they, you know, re, 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 restate what actually happened on January 6th, there are enough people out there who will believe them. And unfortunately, there's some truth to that. Uh, I mean, look at this. We still see numbers that show 70 percent of Republicans don't uh, think that uh, – Biden won the election legitimately. Wow. And, and it's based on just telling the same lie over and over and over again. I, I think this is going to run its course in time. This is going to take a long time. What, what do we do in the meantime? How do, how do, how do we deal with I think, it? Well, in, in the meantime, I think, you, I, I, think the main, I think mainstream media is doing the right thing. I'm not talking about Fox or Newsmax. Uh, they, I think they've done a good job pointing out Republican lies. Mm. Um, you know, all this past week, they were all quick to show video of what really happened on January 6th. Yeah, yeah. And think about this. I mean, I, I can't remember any president other than 45 
where the media consistently framed the statement by saying, President Trump's false claims of widespread election fraud. Never. How many times have you ever heard of a president? That doesn't happen. Never. The media doesn't say that the president said something falsely, but they've said that repeatedly mm-hmm. about uh, the election and, and, and Trump's framing of the election. And I think that that's important that they continue to point out when something's just not true. Yeah, good point. On another note, uh, back here in Atlanta, um, we look at, and you and I, I mean, I spent from, God, on, on your show, from 90 to 94, that was during uh, Jackson's second term is when I was actually producing sh- the show for you. But you spent a lot right. of um, time with a lot of the politicians and, and the mayors in Atlanta. I mean, it, everybody had to come through that morning show. I mean, I would see Bill Campbell before he became mayor, um, Andy Young, uh, Shirley Franklin, just about everybody came through that show. Uh, what's your take on the current situation with Keisha Lance Bottoms? Um, you know, I, I, I think one of her confidants said it best. She just didn't want to do it anymore. Hmm. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, she was faced with a tremendous amount uh, of pressure. I mean, everything from last summer's uh, situation to uh, the investigation that was left uh, on her doorstep from the previous administration, uh, the problems with the police department, you know, some of which I don't necessarily think she may have handled as, as the, as the best she could have. I think she tried to do a good job, mm-hmm. but I think it just became, I think it just became too much. Yeah. And, and, it, and sometimes you get to a point where you just say, Hey, you know, there's gotta be something better than for me to be dealing with this every single day mm-hmm. and never seeing it go away. Um, but boy, have the, have the floodgates open now? Oh man, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but but do you think it was fair of Kasim Reed to go out and and point to the fact that Atlanta's crime is up sixty percent in in the media? Um, I, I found it surprising considering uh, he she wouldn't be mayor if it wasn't for him. Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I, I found it surprising. He he was the one who really put her out there, uh, who helped her get elected, helped her raise money. And, you know, I mean, even if he has problems with um, the way, you know, she's done her job, I, I found that surprising for somebody who actually endorsed you yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 played a, and played a major role in her getting elected. Yeah. Um, you know, and not to mention the fact he, I mean, he left her with some problems. Yes, he did. You know? A many problems. I mean, many, <laughs> many, many problems. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if, if he decides to run, and initially I didn't think he would, uh, but that was before she decided she would not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he decides to run, this is going to get interesting. Well, who wins yeah. and loses if Atlanta doesn't elect a black mayor? Um, Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> what do you think? I, I agree. I, I agree. A, a, a white, if a white mayor does a good job, the only loser is history. And that's the biggest concern I have. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at Detroit. Look at New Orleans. The white mayors who follow the black mayors there are perceived as having having done a good job. The problem, though, is it has tainted the legacy of the previous black mayors, and it makes it harder for future black mayors to get elected. And that's my concern for for Atlanta, uh, is that, you know, I'm not against a white mayor per se, uh, as long as they do the job. My concern is what what, what does this do to the future uh, uh, of the city? and, and you know how some of us can be when it comes to voting po- folks in the office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we, there are a number of cities that black folks have elected black mayors. And for whatever reason, those black mayors didn't do a good job. And now those black folks won't elect another black mayor. Well, and yeah. Atlanta's still what? 52 percent. Atlanta's still 52 percent black. 
still leans that yeah. way. Um, well, well, who do you think is the lead candidate at this point? At this right, point, right now, yeah. uh, right now, Felicia Moore. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I, I think she's she's in the lead um, uh, because of the fact that she's you know still the, the city council president, and that um, or did she did she has she resigned from that position yet? I haven't heard. I haven't heard. I know. Okay. I mean, Tanya well, she B, will have to. Yeah, She'll she's going to have she, to. That's what I thought. I thought she would have to step down. She will have but to. But right now, I, I would think she's the leader. I mean, of, the, of, the, of the declared candidates, I would definitely say it was good. You think it's a better idea for these guys to come together and say, look, let's do what's in the best interest of the greater good and not, you know. Oh, I, Go ahead. I I I I, I am a, <laughs> a political nerd, and I know that that's what would happen in Chicago. <laughs> that's what would happen in New Orleans, uh, and, and in many cities, people would just come together and say, "Okay, this is what we need to do," and 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 that's how it would go down. Um, uh, I. I the concern here is if you have a whole bunch of black candidates running in an open uh, election where you don't have, uh, you know, party affiliation as a as, as, as a way to whittle down the, the field hmm. primaries. It's an open it's an open primary, to my understanding. Uh, so you, you easily could end up with a, a white candidate and a black candidate running, you know, in a, in a runoff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you have multiple black candidates running against each other. Yeah, so true. So true. Mike, uh, I mean, Tanya B, you got anything? You know, because I'm no, I'm just saying he's absolutely right. Because if you remember the last election, there were like a bunch of people running. That there was Kwanzaa Hall, there was right. uh, you know a bunch of people, and so they whittled it down. But up until that point, I felt it just diluted the vote because yeah. there were so many people running. Now, what's going to be interesting is. Like I said, depending on if Kasim does decide to run again, and he's acting a little cagey about it, but I think he will run again because it's almost like, you know, that that group of folks don't really have anybody to put back out there, Mm -hmm. you know, and just to protect certain things that these mayors of color have um, spearheaded in this city. If, for instance, let's just say entertainment. If you get somebody in there who's not, you know, from an entertainment attorney background, doesn't embrace entertainment, they're not going to care about that. Ever since Kasim Reed left office, I think every year the person that runs the mayor's office of film and entertainment, you know, which has to do with all the TV shows here you know, all the music and all the different things that come out of here, out of Atlanta, somebody else who's not from that ilk, if you will, they're not going to care about that. And that's going to be a major thing because those two things bring so much income into this city. Yep. Hey, one yeah. last thing, Mike, and I'll, and I'll let you go. Um, you know, someone asked the question about Atlanta and why, Atlanta is being talked about, this mayor's race is being talked about on a national scale. Can you break it down? Can you point to one thing or a couple of things? I mean, the amount of time you spend here and the importance of Atlanta to the nation. Go ahead. Well, I mean, well, Atlanta's Atlanta's the capital of the South, for one thing. I I think that Atlanta is as important to the United States uh, in the South as New York is in the Northeast and Los Angeles is in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's, it's, it is the major city of the South that, that, I mean, we have the largest airport. It, it, it is, a, a, you know, it's a headquarters of many, many major businesses. And therefore what happens in Atlanta impacts the rest of the country. Oh, I mean, Colonial Pipeline was based in Atlanta yes. area. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's just it's an important uh, hub for 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 what 
what moves this country economically and, and racially and entertainment wise and politically. Um, I mean, you know, Joe Biden would not have won, you know, the, the election without Atlanta and Georgia. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's important. And, uh, and people don't it, understand it, in Georgia, what is it? Atlanta is 41 um, percent of Georgia's yeah. uh, Georgia's population. And it's 51 percent of Georgia's revenue, which is right. mind blowing. But Mike, hey, man, yeah, yeah, so yeah, go ahead. No, you go. No, I was going to say, so whatever happens in Atlanta, you know, I mean, it, I, everybody talks about, you know, there's Atlanta and then there's the rest of Georgia. Yeah. But Atlanta certainly has a major, major in, in, influence over the entire rest of the state of Georgia, of Georgia. No question about that. Good deal. Hey, Mike. Thank you again, man. You can come on and air check us anytime. We'll we'll be here. We'll, we'll be we'll be ready for you. I'm, I'm gonna put one, Tanya one B I'll, on. One you. day I'll one day I'll spend the entire hour with you guys, but I'll have oh, to get no. time wrong <laughs> on, on what on, on what pop culture things you're talking about because I'm not a, uh, up on that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'll so. send, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll Tanya send B. you a cup of tea, Mister Robinson. I'll send you a cup of tea. <laughs> would you do please. that? Please do. <laughs> then I can re- read up on everything. Pleasure. Oh, my, I can okay. read up on everything. Yes, please, please do. <laughs> y'all, y'all give it up. Y'all give it up again for uh, the, the one and only. We call him. We call him Syracuse Mike, but he is truly Mike Roberts. And Mike, thank you, man. We appreciate you coming on. Take no, care. I, I appreciate you guys and your kindness again. Thank you so much. All right, take care, man. We'll see. Hi. Right. Okay. Hey, y'all. Hey, this is what we'll do. Um, Tanya B, you, you, you about ready for your tea? You think you you think I know you got some good stuff. Well, I so think, I know. I know I'm good to go. Well, let's do this. Let's let's take a real quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll we'll spell it all out for folks. So we'll be right back. time, y'all. Sipping the tea with Tanya B. All right, Tanya B, what you got? What I got, I want to say five on it first and foremost to the 2021 class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tina Turner, give it up. Give it up. Tina Turner has been in the lead as far as votes from the beginning, and it's interesting that she's already in with Ike. However, uh, I think it's it's long overdue for her to be in there as a solo artist because she's done far more and had much more success as a solo artist than she had with Ike. Amen. She's trying to help Ike. Amen to that. Uh, yeah, um, it's funny. Jay-Z was at the bottom. He started at the bottom when it came to votes and somehow or another. You know, I guess the people from Marcy Projects came through and went online and voted, and he came in number two, so he will be getting in to the uh, exclusive club this year. But I just say I think there's a little bit more to this because it will very soon be time for Destiny's Child and Beyonce to get in. And if they wanted to get her to, you know, come to the picnic, I'm sure they had to make sure he had the blessing first. You know so, what? Uh, Something some tells me that Cheddar came through. <laughs> <laughs> I say no tea, no shade. No, you know, trust me, there was. You know, 
There's always three sides to every story. So, you know, no, no tea, no shade. But, I know, uh, yeah. also want to um, say five on it to LL Cool J, who after five tries is getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Again, long overdue. Because much like Jay-Z, he's diversified. He's yes. not just a rapper. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. You know, he's a business person. He does philanthropic work and things along that line. So he does just more than one thing. And, and, and you know what? He created, he created his style really kind of took hip-hop to another level. Don't you think? Exactly. Just like Run DMC with, you know, their their, uh, attire, him as well, I believe. So true. So I'm going to give it up to him one more time. And it's interesting that, you know, then there are people, Mary J. Black didn't get in. It was her first time being nominated. I am not surprised, but, you know, everything in time. Um, disappointed really that Chaka Khan did not get in again. The legendary Dionne Warwick did not get in again and some other people. And then I still say, you know, why they do a bunch of hip-hop artists, a bunch of R&B artists, and you look at people like Luther Vandross and Patti LaBelle and even Anita Baker, Sade, nowhere in the mix. And I want to bring one more point to your attention and I'm going to move on. Hmm. As far as I know, the last black vocal group that got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it wasn't their first time either was the Dells. May wow. all four of the five of them rest in peace. And I believe there are groups, I mean, we had a lot of tight, I mean, the temptations are in there, yes. But I look at people like William Hart of the Delphonics, who I know you've had on the show. Yep. You've got somebody who writes produces, you know, some, I mean, legendary hits that still get played that have been sampled. Uh, the Delphonics, I think, should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, without a and doubt. This- I agree. I agree. Okay. So I say right now, at this moment, as we tape live, as you say, anybody who's listening to this show and go tell somebody if they're not listening, how about we start a campaign to get the Delphonics into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay, let's. let's and you know what? You know what? I got to say one more thing. Uh, And this is the nerd because I grew up like you know my my eighties. You know, seventy nine, eighty is when I you know hit my Mm -hmm. hip hop stride, and I was into the electronic. You know, the electronica hip hop stuff. You know, like Africa Bambata, a lot of that stuff that was on Tommy Boy. You know, back in the day. Okay. Soul Sonic Force, all that stuff. But um, Kraftwerk, which a, a lot of you know numbers. Oh, you know, I I, I was a Grand huge Europe fan. Express. People oh. don't know that was a club banger. Yeah, and, Grand and Europe Express. Give Twitter it up. Tour de France and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, so yep, they're yep. they are actually in now, and a, a lot of their fans really pushed to get them in. I think they came in on a special. They had like a special recognition. They got them in. They have some. They have some new categories. You know who else is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Believe it or not, who's that? Nile Nile Rodgers and Sheik. Wow. You know, he's, worked in almost everything from rock to pop. He's got a country record out now with Keith Urban um, that we played on the Birdwire. And he's done some of everything, just legendary songs, the Diana Ross stuff, Madonna, not in the Hall of Fame. One of the greatest producers ever. Ever. Yes. EBA. I mean, he's he's responsible for Madonna. You know, the the second yeah, the right. second he put, level like of the Madonna. Yep. He put her out there. I mean, Diana level. Ross was in a lull, and he came back Baby with Upside Boy. Down. Yeah, yep. I'm coming out. Yep. He even produced a, a record on Debbie Harry from Blondie. You know, he does yeah. a lot of stuff that pe- people here, like Keith Urban. He wrote a song with Keith Urban. I can't think of the name of it, but it was a huge country hit, hmm. and it was nominated for one of the like the ACM, like the Big Country Awards. They yeah. didn't, you know, get the the um, you know to take home the hardware, but just that fact, you know, people. 
some of the greatest work is done behind the scenes. Yep, yeah, so Nile Rodgers, you got Duran Duran, uh, oh. David Bowie. Yeah. Oh. Real yeah. diverse. My favorite oh. producer. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on Let's Dance. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> what you got next? I love that okay. song. That was my jam. Yeah. David Bowie. I think he yeah. Yeah, That'll be our next yeah. petition. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. What else you got, Tanya B? What's next? Okay, I just want to tell you, um, the singer Tank, in case you haven't heard, he says that he's losing his hearing. Oh. He's already completely deaf in one ear, Man. and he's losing hearing in the other ear. And if you know, your equilibrium comes from two mm. main places, your ears and your big toe. Yeah. So he's saying now that he cannot even walk a straight line. So I don't know if he'll do concerts, how, you know, how this is going to really pan out for him. I don't know if there's something that can be done medically. Well, you but, know, they, uh, they have these, was it cochlear implants? Cochlear implants, yes, yes. yes yeah, and people that so, have had them, yes, I'm he's going to have really, to do something. That's devastating. Uh, he's such a great guy, such a great is. vocalist. Yeah, wow. but you know what, he was, before he came to the forefront, he was like Neo. He was a very well-known songwriter. He, I mean, he wrote some major hits people don't even know about. And um, you look at someone like Phil Collins, who, you know, also losing his hearing. And now yeah. when you see so many of these artists, when they're wearing headphones, mm-hmm. now they're doing it. But, you know, the damage has kind of been done. I mean, can you imagine what a lot of the, the classic artists have, you know, have gone through all those years? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's tough. You're in that situation, yeah. man. You're in the clubs. I mean, you're just around loud music all the time. Like, yeah. Even, I mean, even you know, for me, I mean, playing, it, yeah. yeah. When it, you're playing live, I mean, K-Dub, I'm sure you know that. When you're playing oh, live, yes. it's like, turn it off. I want to, you know, I want to feel it. Feel it. Yeah, buddy. Your, yeah. your monitors. Vi, hey, what's up? Got to say what's up to Vi's. Vi's in the building. How you doing, Vi? Yo, Vi. Yeah, what up? <laughs> He's in the building. What you got next time, you be? That must be that <laughs> he must be what? Uh-oh. Pull no, over to no, the side of the road. He's good. Uh, and he's also, good. I just want to, um, real quick, this is interesting. You never know what people are going through or dealing with. And um, the actress and singer Andre Day, who we know from Rise Up and also more recently from um, the United States versus Billie Holiday, she just recently came uh, you know, into her truth again and said during the filming of that movie that she was suffering from an addiction to sex and porn, but now she's in a better place. And you hear about people like Kirk Franklin who said the same thing. Terry Crews, the actor, uh, said it almost ruined his marriage. So I'm glad that these folks have been transparent, come through and just, you know, really stood up and said that, you know, you may think I have a perfect life, but I'm not perfect and it's okay. Yeah. And lastly, I want to remind everyone uh, tonight, I believe it's as we take now, but I believe it's nine o'clock. Uh, TV One Uncensored will air the final DMX interview. They did it before he passed away. Also, there's a posthumous album coming by the end of this month being produced by Swiss Beats. And there are also some videos that he shot earlier this year with the Rough Riders. So that should be interesting. And my last thing is... You know, um, we, and we've had Shirley Jones of the Jones Girls on this show as well, and her other two sisters have passed away, but she's the voice of the group. And the finale of Unsung next week will be uh, featuring the Jones Girls. So uh, they're having a big, big watch party in Atlanta to celebrate that. And I think of the Jones Girls too, they had some, re- I mean, the harmonies of those three, my goodness. Oh. And they really were on their game because if Diana Ross picks you on the spot to be her backup singers, you know, you've got to be. Yeah. really saying something yeah. and from there she actually was the one that went to Kenny Gamble and Diana Ross said hey Kenny Gamble these girls need a deal and that's how they got signed to Philly International so I'll be watching that next week and Shirley Jones is a friend to the show as I said she's been on the show so yeah. I'm done that's all I got got well, no more I'm here to tell you uh, Miss Jones Shirley Jones uh, I will never ever forget how Nights Over Egypt that Diodata song 
and um, you're going to make me love somebody else. How impactful hearing those songs on the radio and in clubs, man. It was just, you know. Huge overseas as well. Yeah. Another level. So kudos. I hope, I mean, I know it'll be a great show. Uh, They put a lot of time into it, so I'm looking forward to it. Just a couple of things that are out there. Uh, Pride, the documentary, uh, is now airing on FX, uh, docuseries chronicling six decades of LGBTQ activism uh, from the 50s. I think they're releasing these as uh, weekly on FX, so you can check that out. And you know what? I got to give it up to Felicia Rashad. Claire Huxtable, Tony-winning, Emmy-nominated actress, has been appointed dean of Howard University's newly established College of Arts. Um, Howard University, they actually conducted a nationwide search before appointing her. Um, And she's also alumna of the school. Uh, But she's going to start on July 1st. So just amazing, well-deserved. So just kudos to her. And, and I'm just so, you know, it, it's it's got to be tough on the cast to go through, you know, the stuff that has caused all the Cosby backlash. I think the only networks that current the network that's currently showing uh, the Cosby show and reruns is TV one. I think they're the well, only and one. Once in, a, yeah, once in a while, Bounce TV might be. They're still running it. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, it's like Michael Jackson, separate the music and the family. Yeah. R. Kelly. Uh, I don't know. But you know what? <laughs> it's Again, one. it's a shame when you have all of these scenarios, there are yeah. other people who suffer as a result yeah. of one person's yeah. Alleged actions. Yeah. You know? Just just amazing. You know. I mean, the 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 uh, the cast, when you look at just the talent that, that, you know, came out of it and those kids when they were on it to have to deal with, you know, being the outcast. Kind of blackballed. Blackballed. But, yeah. Know. But I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to see her continue yeah. on. I am. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, about absolutely. Yeah. Also, congrats to Drake. He got what? What is it? Um, rapper of the decade. Stars so, of the decade, and he, oh, I, I got some tea on rapper it. of the um, decade. He recently had dinner with <laughs> Don't I'm telling you, they're going to collaborate. There's going to be a record that will come out of his dinner. Yeah, with Drake. Trust okay. me. Okay. J Cole, I'm a big J Cole fan, so I'm gonna shout out J Cole. He's got a new album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicki yeah, Minaj has a new album for y'all out there, and, and I gotta ask y'all about this. And, and this will be the last thing, and then we'll we'll go to break, and we'll come out um, with my the Underground Railroad review. Fat, was it Fat Joe who said this, that DJ Khaled is the Quincy Jones of hip-hop? K-Dub. It doesn't matter, because I'm, I'm, I'm turning my mic off. I don't <laughs> no, wait that, a minute. No. K, K-Dub, K-Dub, you there? You there, man? K-Dub, come on, dude. Yeah, yeah man, I'm here, man. <laughs> who was it? Who said that? Was I mean, recent, I'm talking about, I sent you the article. and Yeah, Fat, Fat Joe crowning... Uh, Man, mm. who even put that on social media? I know it. So my point is this. DJ Khaled? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So how can you not? I mean, it's just, I mean, how can you not? I mean, even if you like him or not, Sean Puffy Combs is the man when it comes down to, you know, being anything close to a Quincy Jones of hip hop. Khaled, if there was yeah, no puppy, yeah. there would be no DJ Khaled. Yes. Get my pressure yeah, up yeah, now. Yeah, if the, the, to compare him with Quincy Jones, his body of work, I just said now is my favorite, and he is. It's actually two. I've always kind of like been amazed at, and it's, those are the two. But Quincy's 
body of work yes. spanning back to the 60s, man, and all the different genres and TV. Man, come on, man. Dude, it was, just, it was. Just say no to drugs. They said it. Just say no to drugs. Uh, That's what I'm telling want. you, and at least Nile and Quincy Jones know how to read and write music. No tea, no shade. I know that DJing is a craft and a skill. But you put Quincy Jones and Al Rodgers in a, in a room to write a song and tell DJ Khaled to go write one and write actually write the music out with the notes. And you know that is not happening. And you know they Quincy Jones. Deal, 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 to deal with people, Quincy Jones and Nile Rodgers, you have to interact with people. You yeah. had to back then. So that's a whole mm-hmm. different what you want out of a musician or a singer or a song. Man, them guys, I, I, I just looked at that and was like, wow, when you sent it, like, hmm. Hey, you know man. what? You know what I was thinking? Emailed, they emailed yeah. their parts to DJ Cal. They don't even in the same room. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know what I was thinking yeah. when I they, saw that? No way. You know, you know Quincy Jones doesn't hold his tongue. So I'm waiting. I'm just waiting, man. Oh, I'm yes. waiting on this one. I'm waiting on this you. one, and I, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sent like a, 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 a tweet and just said, "Keep my name out your mouth." Out your mouth. You know what? <laughs> the Quincy drones to clap back at, at, oh. at DJ Khaled and Fat Joe, baby. Look, I, I, he could have my lunch money. I pay for, to be in the room. Crack he might have looked at the article and said, "Who is these two guys?" That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Crack is so white. What is the Fat Joe? I'm just saying. I mean, no one is compared to Quincy D. Day because Quincy uh-huh. has done so much music. Yeah. He did a movie. He done pop. He, that wasn't. I don't think that was a movie that he didn't touch. Yeah, I mean, you, right, when he did the movie, he was. You're right. He was great at the music. He, he just wasn't. We did okay. He just done great. I mean, come on. I hear DJ K. Yeah. All I hear is rap. I don't, I don't think <laughs> so it's he don't rap. All he's a hype man. All he says is we the best. Bless up, bless up. Everybody saying, else does the hard work. Look, whatever work he's done is fine, but but keep keep Quincy's name out your mouth. That's all I got to say. And I'll say that for you, Quincy. Keep the name out your mouth. Call us 413-556-9546 if you got feedback. Love your thoughts. Um, hey, we'll be right back. Uh, what I'm going to do, uh, we're not, we don't have Wild on this week. Uh, so I binge for y'all. I did it for y'all. I did it for my podcast audience. I binged <laughs> 10 hours of the... Um, Underground Railroad. So, the review I read yes, said, I did. I need, I need, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. <laughs> I yes, need it. it is. I need it. So, what we're going to do is go to break and we'll come back um, with my thoughts. We'll be right back. Fat Joe going back to jail. Let me start by saying this. Black Mirror's Charlie Brooker, one of my favorite shows, stopped making new episodes of Black Mirror to the dismay of all the fans, including me. But as he put it, we're dealing with enough as it is. Barry Jenkins, you should have listened. You should have taken Charlie Brooker's advice. To this point, I even have to ask who the target audience is for Underground Railroad. Is this for black people? Black people have endured an endless barrage of daily tragedy. 
several high-profile police shootings. I, I can't even count them on this podcast. George Floyd murdered on camera in broad daylight. The Chauvin trial. There's just so much. Not to mention navigating a pandemic and watching the spirit of January 6th insurrectionists unite nationwide to pass laws to suppress our votes. I'd like to ask executive producer Brad Pitt, which his company seems to have this fetish about slave movies. The company who funded this, he's executive producer. Do we really need or did we really need 12 Years a Slave Part 2 now? Underground Railroad is a relentless, almost 10-hour trauma ride. From start to finish, the pain is unrelenting, and the victories are few. I was asked why I went a bit easier on the series then, which also received similar criticism. Three reasons. First, I find it easier to suspend my disbelief and engage horror, because horror's intent is to shock. I can't with slave movies. The atrocities are based on truth. Second, with the exception of a few episodes, them relented. There was an out for the people, for the characters. Underground lulled you into a false sense of hope. Then it persists. If you've seen it, consider Valentine Farm. That's an example, prime example. Horrific. Third, I didn't read the book, and that's my fault. But the promotional trailers lead you to believe that this is an alternate history fantasy where the victims might be favored. Not the case. Each destination simply takes the character core to a different level of hell. With this being Mental Health Awareness Month, I suggest you think it through before watching this. I gave the same warning to everyone about them. I do applaud the great cast including South African actress Tuso Mbide. She played the lead character, Cora. But it's sad so many black actors and actresses must make their mark on Hollywood by accepting these brutal roles. And I do mean brutal. Physically and psychologically, these films are brutal. To the has to be to the actors and actresses. Consider Lapito Nwango and what she endured in the role as Patsy in 12 years a slave. As for those who find beauty in these films, I say, just because there's a colored lens and an orchestra playing in the background, it's still a knee on the neck. Black creatives, our truth doesn't always have to be on this level of brutality. Let's control the narrative. Here's a thought for you, Barry. Buy the rights to Love Jones. Make a great sequel. We'll have you back for that. I welcome your feedback. 413-556-9546. That's 413-556-9546. And this has been Tommy's Corner. I tell y'all, I, 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 mm, I should have read the book. <laughs> That's all I can say. Have y'all, has anybody else seen it yet? Tommy. I have not. I have no desire to. I know when I read it, it said, don't binge watch it because it's mentally draining. And I didn't see Django. I didn't see 12 Years a Slave. I'm so traumatized by Roots. And what was that, 45 years ago? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I just don't see the need to keep beating this dead horse. What is the point? But let me, let me say this. Even with Django, there's redemption. There's a redemptive. I mean, I know some of y'all haven't seen it yet. K-Dub, have you seen Django? 
Yep. Okay. Uh, Vi, have you seen Django? Yes. Okay. There's some redemption in Django. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think my problem with this is, even though there might be, and I'm not going to give it away. Some of y'all might want to watch it. Um, There may be some redemption to a certain point, but the damage, (laughs) you know, and and I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, it's just a grueling thing to watch. And I watched it to review it. I don't regret it. I mean, I've seen, you know, shit, you know, I'm a horror buff. So, but, but still, uh, you know, it's, it's just, I, I got into a conversation with somebody on Twitter and I said to them, you know, I have just like you, Tanya B, you know, my exposure was initially probably maybe a little bit before that to Mandingo. Um, but with roots, you know, and, and, and on and forward, because we're in that era where we grew up watching Roots on TV, you know, in real yes. time. Um, but uh, a, a white person on Twitter, because I said, we need more stories that celebrate our history, you know. And yes. the, the the white person came on and, and, you know, replied to my tweet and said, well, why can't we have both? And And to that, I say, personally, we don't need any more because there's enough already. When you look at the catalog, it's already pretty vast. And we keep saying to these companies, look, stop, rethink it. And it's, and, and, and again, I get to the point again, you know, so many, so many, uh, it, it's funny because if y'all remember the movie Hollywood shuffle, Robert Townsend, uh, which was, you know, did a parody on, on Hollywood. And that was one of the big things that they had did a parody of how these actors had to do slave movies and they were, you know, mm-hmm. classically trained. Right. And what's her name? Lapita Nwango is, is a, is a Yale graduate. So her first big episode, her first big break, a Yale graduate, intelligent woman was the beat down in 12 years of slave. So it's just, you know, for me, I've had enough. I mean, personally, this was enough. This was like, this pushed me over the edge. If I sound like it, it pushed me over. It tipped me over. Don't push me. I mean, any other, any other, any other thoughts? That's 10 hours of your life. You're never going to get back. No, no. And and I watched, I watched them. And I I think with the exception of a couple of, you know, a couple of episodes, uh, it's not as um, unrelenting. Is the best way. It's just, I mean, you know, there are points where it, it dies down, but it's just, it, it's just, you know, mm, mm, mm. I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Ooh. All right, y'all. Hey, um, you know, uh, going to a quick round table for the week. Um, anything, anything stands out for y'all other than, well, I'll start with the gasoline crisis. And um, how did you say, why are you laughing? My question. <laughs> <laughs> is that everywhere or is that just in a lap? Because we're not we're not acting, we're not acting crazy in Columbus. No, it's all the way up to Maryland. I know that for a fact. I talked to my family nah. in Maryland. They're feeling it also. Most of the East Coast. When I start seeing you, when I start seeing you putting gas in plastic bags. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, freaking crazy. <laughs> Who less than my smart? Question is, how, how are you gonna put that in? The, how are you gonna put that in your car? You yeah. put in the plastic bag. Mm-mm-mm. K K W, y'all dealing? Were y'all dealing with any of that in Ohio? 
No, I haven't seen that. I've been waiting to see some uh, people probably walking around or, or pulling up with barrels or something. I haven't seen any, but I've been hearing about it down there. That's what I was going to ask you about. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy because it was, it, it's really, you know, in my opinion, and, and I had a bunch of people coming to me, you know, family panicking. And I said, look, y'all, they, they got gas. I said, even when you look at the emergency reserve, the the the, mm-hmm. the 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 emergency reserve is enough to take America through years, you know, a year or so. So I'm not going to sit here just because somebody hacked. I mean, it's a hack. OK, they're going to figure it out. We have the the technology. The problem, I think, that comes out of this more than anything is uh, bottom line is the, the whole infrastructure situation in America that we keep talking about. It's real. And this proves it. You know, um, if if you can imagine a company like Colonial, Mike said, based here in Atlanta, can you imagine some of these small mom and pop, these small cities getting hacked? You know, because Atlanta has been hacked. Atlanta had a situation. That's what that was one of the things that Keisha Lance Bottoms came into of of, of the crisis. The, one of the largest cities in America to ever, ever have a ransomware situation. So, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about it because you be coming after me, but I'm, I'm going to leave him alone. But um, I just wanted to get your take. And, and I can see now it's just, you know, ATL, Tanya B, and, and me. <laughs> well, hey, I have a hybrid, so I can still me drive too. 300 more miles. And by then, the crisis will be over. I don't drive that much. I did not panic. Look, I, I, got, I got a hybrid. So I told people, like, what is it, like 19 bucks to fill up, you know, and that takes you four or five days? On a good day. Yeah. <laughs> I can drive 500 miles on a tank of gas, and I don't drive oh, yeah. that much. So that's, I fill up once a month. Yep. Or or every six weeks. Maybe. So electric cars, here we come. Electric cars, here we come. Hey, I got to shout out, um, shout out our friends in South Africa and give them. <laughs> They just, uh, South Africa just kicked ass this week. I don't know where it came from. If if you're in South Africa and, and you listen to the podcast, shoot us a note. <laughs> we yeah, also we should be, you. we just yes, appreciate, but, but this is, you know, and really I appreciate it big time. You know, thank you, all the cities. KW, you got to get, you got to get Dayton back on track. Dayton, Dayton slipped a little bit. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I got to pull them back in. It's getting ready to be back on. <laughs> and <laughs> Columbus. Columbus. I know, I know. I know Vi. I know Ohio you Ohio or Georgia. Vi been Vi's been under. He's been under the um the weather, so he's he's coming back. I know you're coming back. Yeah, okay. I know you're coming back. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> he said eventually. It's gonna, take, it's gonna be a couple months. The comeback. You'll Just, be all right. Uh, man. Hey, I'm still I'm still can't leave the house. Wow. Take care of yourself, man. Take okay, so if I know Tanya B. I'm will send you a plate. You, are you at the point where Tanya B. needs to send you a plate? I was at that point two months ago for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I hey, did not get that memo. Sorry. No. What did you say, Tanya B.? Sorry. All right. I missed that memo. Yeah, you missed All the memo. All I'm saying is I never turn that free food. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, y'all. You know what time it is. Here's what we got to do. Come on. No, I didn't come here to preach to you today. Here's your inspirational moment with Vi. As human beings, we are created by God to be happy and to feel good about ourselves. 
As a matter of fact, we must feel good about ourselves or eventually we will develop some sort of unhealthy, uncontrolled behavior to get the good feelings we crave. Think about it. A person who is addicted to drugs probably began using them because his pain was so intense he felt compelled to get rid of it, even if only temporarily. The same thing is true of drinking or using food as a comfort. If we do not get a good feeling from the inside, they will attempt to create them through outside means. God created us this way, and he's the only one who can satisfy us. When we go to something other than God to make us feel good about ourselves, we're really just replacing something real with a cheap substitute. Whatever your emotional needs are today, know that only God can meet them. He is the only lasting source of life. Go to him today. He is the only one who can satisfy. Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and it will give you all your heart desires. In other words, there is no substitution for what God can do for us. If you count on God, pray to God, He will take care of your need. So remember, people, God is the answer to all our prayers. Believe in Him, and He will continue to take care of you. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Vaughn. Holy dude. Vaughn, you did some extra long. You put your foot in that one. Thank you, man. Go ahead. Uh, it, it's needed. If somebody somewhere needs to hear that. That's what I'm I saying. I tried to get it short. But, mm. uh, I, cause I did have one about uh, my mental condition, but yeah. that might have been better. We might do that one next week. Yeah, good deal. Good deal. Hey, and y'all, don't forget, it's National Mental Health Awareness Month. You know, I know we've been going through a lot. Um, you know, shout out to my friends, uh, Vince and McKeeva at the uh, Black Mental Matters podcast. You can check them out. They're on castropolis.net. They're doing a lot of great shows, and, and you can also connect with them because they have a lot of great resources. Uh, you can also go to their website, blackmentalmatters.com. That's blackmentalmatters.com. Thank you so much, Vi, again. Thank you, man. Thank you. And and you know what? We're going to close this thing out. You got any last words, Tanya B., anything? Uh, yeah, I do want to say five on it to uh... – Vanessa Bryant and her daughters, I thought the way that they accepted Kobe Bryant's induction to the Basketball Hall of Fame was just so touching and and just amazing. It's yes. amazing. So I can't, agree. can't forget about God, Kobe. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Anything, K-Dub? Uh, nah, well, other than the Hall of Fame stuff, um, the players still ain't in there, Ohio players, that is. But, uh, uh not too much. Our next, that'll be our next petition. Yeah. Why don't we just show up out there yeah, whenever uh, they have this thing? Because nobody's watching it on TV. We're going to carry signs. Yeah, I want to go out <laughs> voting, and, voting and picking, man. Picking all the, the go-go's is in. Man, yeah. anyway, go ahead, man. I hear you. I hear you. Vi, you already had your, your last benediction, but any any word, any shout-outs? You got any shout-outs? People, we are not at a gas shortage. What you're doing <laughs> is raising gas prices, so stop. Please. Hello? Stop. You're raising gas. Yeah, that was crazy. It was no, people are fighting at gas pumps. Yeah, they've calmed down. It's it's calmed down a little bit now. So, all right, y'all. With that, episode eighty-one is in the can, and we are out of here. Peace in the Middle East for real, y'all. For real. For real. <laughs> yes, and still wear a mask. The pandemic's not over. I don't care what Fauci said. I'm still wearing my mask. Absolutely. And we are out of here. Peace. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.